Take your Bible and go to the book of Philemon. We have not been back to Philemon now for several weeks. And um, I feel like that it's time to go back there to that book and begin going through. I may do it on Wednesday night only. Um, and then again, I may not be able to do that because what a great book that says, If he hath wronged thee or oweth thee ought, put that on mine account. Aren't you glad, aren't you glad your sin got put on the account of Jesus Christ? <laughs> And then aren't you glad that his righteousness got put on your account? What a blessing that is. But Philemon, Philemon, if you look at the book again, this is such a, this is an unusual book. Look at some names, if, if I could point out to you. Paul. Paul, God used to write 13 books of the New Testament. Almost half. A man greatly used of God. A man trained at the feet of Gamaliel. A Pharisee of the Pharisees of the straightest sect. In other words, he was as far to the right as being a Pharisee as you could be, and yet God saved Paul and gave him a ministry for the Lord. Then if you look down a little bit farther, Timothy, a young man whose dad was a Greek, but a mother who was a Jewess that believed. So when you look at their nationality, very different, and yet Timothy, a, a beloved brother, Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, Philemon, a wealthy man, a man of means, a man who had other servants that worked for him, and a man certainly, certainly that was known among other people. The Bible speaks about that as much, but a man that would have been of means, and again, very different from Paul and Timothy. And then you come down to Onesimus in verse number 10. Onesimus is a runaway servant, one that has taken and probably done something to his master or to his owner and has probably put himself in a very difficult position. We have no idea what race he is. We have no idea anything about what he's done. We just know that he is a man that is, that is on the run. And then you have people like Aphia in verse number 2 and Archippus. We don't really know much about them. There's some things that are said about them. And you get to the end of the book and you find names like Marcus. Verse 24, Marcus, John Mark, a man that Paul, a man that Paul did not want to take with him. A man that Paul and Barnabas split over. And yet the Bible says he's listed here, Aristarchus Demas. Demas, a man who's called a, a laborer, a fellow laborer, and yet Demas forsakes the Lord and Paul, Lucas, that's a man who was a doctor. That's a man who was a physician. And you begin to take the picture of what you have in this one small book, a doctor, a wealthy man, a runaway slave, a man that is gifted in the Bible and very, very trained in all the ways of the Jews. And you begin to put all those things in perspective. And you, what you really have here is you have a group of people listed in Philemon that are so unlike one another. I don't know that you could find a similarity between them if you didn't have some common bonds. And what I want to preach on tonight, I, I want to preach on maybe the phrase, our church. How many of you are glad that Tabernacle is our church? Our church. There's a song called Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. It's on page 75 in your hymnal. You open it and look at it just a second. I'd like you to see that. It was written by a Baptist preacher. I think for no other reason that makes it valuable. 
John Fawcett, John Fawcett was an orphan, age 12. You folks in the home hear that? John Fawcett was an orphan at age 12. No mother, no dad. He became a, a Baptist preacher, and where he was set to be a Baptist preacher was really full of poor people, farmers, shepherds, and uh, people that really nobody else cared much for except the Baptist. And they sent John Fawcett there. And while he was there, he got an offer from a large congregation in London. And they were going to pay him a lot. He had a, very, they had a very difficult struggle with their children meeting bills and all of those things because of the congregation. And it said that he decided he was going to go and he packed up his belongings and all of those things. And they, they went down to where they were going to board. And while they're down there, his wife began to say, John, I just can't stand it. I can't stand to think about leaving. And he said, neither can I. And he ended up writing these words. You see the words? Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love, the fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. He's writing that about the people that he doesn't want to leave, a poor people. And turning down a larger salary and a larger congregation. Look at the next verse. Before our Father's throne, we pour our ardent prayer, our fears, our hopes, our aims, our one, our comforts, and our cares. He's writing that about the people in front of him. He's saying we have a kinship. We have a, a bond. We can't leave you here. Look at the next verse. Can you sing it with me? We share our mutual woes, our mutual burdens bear, and often for each other flows the sympathizing tears. You know what I'm confident of? I'm confident that John Fawcett did not look at those people and say, this is your church, y'all will find somebody. He looked at those people and said, this is our church and I'm staying right here. He didn't say it's my church. This is our church. And I think so many times we're guilty of saying some of those things. Now, I understand I'm not trying to be semantic tonight, uh, but if you only look at things as it belongs to me, as it's my church, listen, this is not my church, this is our church. This is our church. When you begin to look at things, this is my Sunday school class. No, it's not my Sunday school class. This is our Sunday school class. It's not my missionary tonight. You know, we, you know we saw tonight, this is our missionary. This is our missionary. And what happens, the devil gets you to looking at things as if they only belong to you or you've only got a certain small circle that you, that you have any kind of kinship with in the church. And I don't believe that's the way God expected it. In fact, I think Philemon stands as a testimony that God does not want us to have my church or your church. It ought to be our church. Our church. 
There are three things that I want to point out tonight in the next few moments that reinforce that. If you look what the Bible says there in verse number one, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. Now, do you see that? The Bible is written exactly the way it needs to be written. The Bible says, the church in thy house, talking about Philemon. Philemon, a wealthier man, a man of means, probably has a larger house. There's some people that have been born again, and he has the ability to open up a house and to put them inside of it. And the Bible says, the church in thy house. Now, that's important to understand. Listen, hey, guys, tonight, I, I know you know this, and, and I know the seniors heard me preach this not too long ago, but, but I'm telling you right now, I know what we say. We say that this building is Tabernacle Baptist Church, but I'm telling you right now, this building is not Tabernacle Baptist Church. I appreciate our building. I appreciate God giving us. Man, I was looking at it the other day. How many of you remember when we had a hole in the steeple and now that hole's covered up? I remember that hole. I'm glad that hole is gone. Now we got a hawk that runs everything off out there, and that's all right. But I'm just saying, the, the building, the doors, I appreciate. I, I remember getting married here. I, I remember Dr. Seidler preaching here. There's so many things I can remember here. But the building, the, hey, this building is not the church. You are the church. When we refer to Tabernacle Baptist Church, downtown at the courthouse, 3931 White Horse Road, that's what they think. But that's not what God thinks. God says, when I think of the church, I don't think of 3931 White Horse Road. I think of all the people that make up the fellowship of believers right here. The church in thy house. Now, let me show you what that does not mean. Look what the Bible says. It does not say, and your church in your house. The church may have met in Philemon's house, but it wasn't Philemon's church. It wasn't Philemon's church any more than Tabernacle Baptist Church is my church. This church doesn't belong to me. Your Sunday school class, I appreciate the preparation and the labor, but it's not your Sunday school class. It's the Lord's Sunday school class. In other words, what I'm saying is, even though the church met in his house, sat on his furniture, perhaps drank out of the refreshments that he had to offer and ate the food he had to offer, the fellowship enjoyed there, it didn't make it his church. It's always the Lord's church. Come on, the church was founded upon Jesus Christ, not one of us. All right, and so what happens is the Bible's clear, the church in thy house. Now, that is not the first time you find that phrase. Put a little mark right there, and I'm going to underscore this tonight. If you'll go to Romans chapter 16, Romans 16, I believe there are people that say today that they don't want to be part of an organized church. In other words, they don't believe in brick and mortar churches anymore. Um, and, you know, I, I would just say that uh, I believe it's biblical for us to assemble together in one place. Uh, there are a lot of people that try to promote ideas that aren't in the Bible, and some will seize upon that phrase, the church in thy house. But look, if you would, Romans chapter 16, and look at verse number 3. The Bible says, Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have laid, who have for my life laid down their own necks, and whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles, likewise greet the church that is in their house. So there's a church meeting in Aquila and Priscilla's house. They are tent makers. Again, they maybe have means that others don't, so they have a home that others don't have. Paul stayed in their home. 
and they open their home and the church meets in their house. The people meet in their house. That same thing is referred to again if you look there in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Would you go there? 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, look at verse number 19. The churches of Asia salute you. Now watch, 1 Corinthians 16, 19. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. So they have a church in their house, but it's not their church. It is a group of people that are born again that have been called out together and worshiped together in their house, but it's not the building, it's not the mortar, it's not the brick, it's not the steeple, it's not the pews. The people are the church. Which means this, you could take the pews out of the church and you could still have church. That's right. Now, you might have some people who wouldn't like that, but you could take the padded pews right out of this auditorium and you have people meet on the inside, you still have a church. That's right. Because it's the people. Now, I believe, I believe you ought to assemble where the church assembles. Go back just a few pages, and I hope you're in your Bible. I hope you're looking tonight. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The idea that, well, we'll just stay at home tonight and have church. We'll just, we'll, two or three are gathered together. Well, I, I understand that, but the Bible also says forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, I'm, I'm supposed to assemble when the church assembles. Aren't you glad you came to our revival last week? Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, speaking about communion and the Lord's Supper and the table of communion, verse number 20, when ye come together therefore in two, look at it now, one place. So the church, when ye come, the people. When ye come together, that's assembling and assembly. When ye come together, therefore into one place. So they chose a place to meet. Now that might have been a storefront a long time ago. During the time of, of Rome, it could have been in the catacombs. There's a number of places it can, you could meet. In North Korea, I've been told sometimes that it's in very public places where two people sit back to back. That's where they meet. The Bible says, when you come together for to one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. That's going back to what the Lord had, going and having a meal. Verse 21, for in eating, everyone taketh before his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. What? Have ye not houses to eat in and to drink in? He said, if you want to have a meal, have it at your house. But if you're going to come to assemble and observe communion and fellowship over the table of the Lord, you come together where we're assembled. Not in your house. But here, now, I say that to say this. The church is the people. If you're a born-again believer, we're part of the church. And that is something that is binding to us. That makes us part of something together. Look there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Now, Brother Terrell said preach. Now, Terrell, if they don't pay attention, do you want me to keep preaching? All right, thank you. So I'm just, just going to keep looking at you then. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So what that means is that you are part of a body. All right, look at verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So what we have here tonight in this building is the body of Christ. The body of Christ is us collectively together. Many members, look at it again, for the body is one. You only have one body. Now, if you've got two bodies, you need to quit taking that medicine. That's what you need to do. 
All right, you've only got one body. There's only one, you have one body. But you have many members. You've got all kinds of members that are attached to you. And I know where Brother Thompson was. I'm preaching what I'm supposed to preach tonight. So if one body, many members, look what the Bible says, and all members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Now here's, here's the idea. All right, look, are you part of the body or are you a body part? When I was younger, have you ever seen anybody take their thumb off? Have you, has anybody ever seen that? Have, have, you, have you never seen somebody take their thumb off? Can I see your hand? How many have seen somebody take their thumb off? you ever seen that? How many of you, I got people right now that look like they're about to pass out. Is he going to take his thumb off? I can remember as a kid, a body part being moved right in front of my eye, and they would take that right there, and they, that guy would go, mm -hmm. I want to tell you right now, how many of you think if you took off your thumb that you'd have a major problem with a body part? And you know what a lot of people say? Well, look here, I'm the thumb. I don't need the body. That's in the passage. I'm the eye. I don't need the body. We'll go ahead and pull it out then. See how that, see how that works for you. You know, when you, pull a, when you pull an eye out of the body, how many of you think the body suffers? What happens to the body part? Come on, what happens to the body part? Come on now, what happens to the body part? It dies. You get aggravated and cut your little toe off, you know what's going to happen to your little toe? It's going to die. You know what your body's going to do? Be real mad at you. That's right. And the idea, what I'm trying to tell you is, the idea in the Bible, the idea in the book of Philemon, you've got all these different people. You've got this rich man that has a home and has servants. You've got this runaway slave. You've got this spiritually trained or this religiously trained man that is now a giant for God writing the Bible. You've got a doctor named Luke. You've got all these people that are all different and God brings them all together and he doesn't say it's his church, it's her church, it's their church. He says it's our church. The church in thy house. How many of you understand that? You understand that? Okay, so I didn't get enough participation there. Let's go look at another passage. All right. Take your Bible and turn, if you would, to the book of Colossians. Colossians. I just want you to see, because this is important. It's written in the Bible, the church in thy house. All right, I, you need to understand this when you leave, that the church is a body. It is us. So when we say, I love our church, we're talking about loving each other. Right? That's what we're talking about. You know, I, if you're attached to the, I appreciate the building. I appreciate the facilities. I appreciate the altar. I, I appreciate everything that we have. Thank you, Lord, for all those things. But the church is, is the body. It's the people. Look what the Bible says there in Colossians, if you would. Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. Look at verse number 15. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphus and the church which is in his house. Now, again, it's not his church. It is his house. It's the Lord's church in his house. This building is dedicated to the glory of God. And listen, we do not rent our building out to the public, uh, and we don't practice things like having bingo or whatever. We don't, we don't do things for the public like that because this building and these facilities are supposed to be for the glory of God. What we do here is supposed to be for the glory of God. That's why every wedding should honor that. Right. That's why every graduation 
should honor that. We, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't present a different side of Christianity. The church, the church is something that God miraculously birthed into this world and this building is dedicated, but the, the house is not the church. We're the church. Every one of you are an important part of the church, of this church. And the devil tell you, no, you're not. You're too old, you're not smart enough, you're too young, you don't have enough money, you're not, you know, you don't have a good enough personality, I don't fit in there. Look, look, I, I, I have never had my body have an argument about what fits where. It all fits in a different place. Now I know, how many of you had a mother that had eyes in the back of her head? I'm, t I'm telling you, I know where God put eyes, but mama... My mother played the organ, Ken, and it was on this side. And we would sit about where Mrs. Kraft is. Now, I don't know if you can see Mrs. Kraft out of your view, but my brother and I would be over there. And Dad, Dad was, he was, a, he was always involved in the leadership of the church, and usually he was moving around somewhere. And sometimes my brother and I would be sitting over there on about the third row. And I, pro I promise you, I promise if we weren't cutting up, Mom never looked our way. But, boy, we'd start cutting up one another and, and being foolish in church, and, 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 and all of a sudden it was just like, it was like flames of death. I'm, I'm talking about arcing, I'm talking about arcing electricity. And we would look over, and my little four-foot, ten-inch mother, would, her eyes would be on us. And I don't know how she saw that. She's this way. All right. God put everything in the body exactly where it belongs. Man did not design the body, God did. And man doesn't design the church, God does. People have different gifts. Do you know the song that Miss Beth sang was written by Dr. Aiken? How many of you got a blessing out of that song? There are people that are gifted. He's written several books. I don't think I'm ever going to write a book. I may do a coloring book, but I'm not going to do anything when it comes to writing. Everybody's got their gifts. All right. So the church is in somebody's house because that's where they chose to meet because perhaps they didn't have another location. We have a location, so we choose to meet at this location, but this building is not the church. So when you're not here and you say, I miss church, you got, you got the wrong idea. You are the church. So when you miss church, you separate the church from the body is what you do. You have a body part that's not where it's supposed to be. And God, God said, God said in Philemon, the church that is in the house. So what he's doing, he's making all these people that are so different together. Our church. How many of you understand that? Well, I got a lot more participation. We'll have to go to that next verse. Amen. Go back to Philemon now. Philemon. Scott, if you can move that for me right there. Move that plant. All right, I want to show you a second thing that underscores God wanting the church to be our church. All right? And, and it's throughout the passage. And so what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm not going to spend time on each one. Yeah, just move it over here back up to the side. So if you look there in, in Philemon chapter 1, if you have two chapters in Philemon, you got the wrong book. <laughs> 
Verse number one, the, the last word in verse number one says fellow laborer. All right, fellow laborer. All right, in verse two, fellow soldier. Fellow soldier. All right. Then if you look down at verse number 23, fellow prisoner. And then lastly again, verse 24, fellow laborers. So what I want you to, under, here is, you need to get this in your mind. That is a word that is used almost exclusively in the New Testament. And almost exclusively outside of the Gospels and in the Pauline epistles. All right. God uses the word like fellow servants, uh, work fellow, fellow helpers, fellow citizens, fellow heirs, fellow workers. In this one small book, four times, fellow labor, verse 1, fellow soldier, verse 2, fellow prisoner, verse 23, and fellow labor, verse 24. So here's, when you think about that, fellow labor, fellow prisoner, fellow, the very first one, labor. It's laboring with someone together. It's not doing it on your own. I have a lot of confidence in Brother Scott. Brother Scott, Brother Scott, I believe Brother Scott's a good man. I believe he loves the church. How many of you believe that? Amen. How many of you think he's saved? I'm looking to see if Nathan and Mom, everybody raised their hand. How many of you think Brother Scott's saved? There you go. Amen, Nathan. That is saved. <laughs> All right, he's saved part of the body. Come on, come on, Brother Scott. And so there's a lot of work to do at, at Tabernacle. There's all kind of work to do in the church. We have so many different ministries. We have children's home ministry, radio ministry. You know, we, we, have, we have Sunday school. We, we, have, uh, we have youth ministry. We have, we have a Bible college. We, we, have, uh, we have a widow's apartments up on the hill. There's all kind of grass to take care of, all kind of lights to take care of. All right, so what we need is we need somebody that's strong that can labor and get the job done. How many think Scott's in pretty good shape? <laughs> I think you're in pretty good shape. They may not think it. But here's what I want you to do. Fellow laborers. All right, fellow, get the picture. Fellow laborers. I want you to go ahead and just pick that up, and I want you to move it over there and right in front of that other one. No, no, I didn't say drag it. I said pick it up. <laughs> Scott. 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 Now bring it back. So since God is in pretty good shape, come on over up to the platform. Can you go ahead and pick the pulpit up, move it off the platform for me? Now, you, now let me, let me show, here's what God wants. Instead of one person doing it the way they want it, how they want it, in their own ability, fellow labor, watch it, here's what he wants. On the count of two, one, two. All right, put it back down. <laughs> and yet some of you think, I don't need to labor with anybody. There are people in the church that think I can do it all by myself. That's not what's being said in the book of Philemon. You've got a slave that's a runaway. You've got a man that wrote part of the Bible. You've got a wealthy man. You've got a, a doctor. And God, God says, I can take all of these people together and I can help them work together. You say, why? Because it's not his church and it's not that guy's church. It's our church. Amen. Fellow laborers. Enlisting somebody else to help you. You ever heard the phrase, many hands make light work? Many hands make light work. 
Look at another phrase. Don't go anywhere, Scott. Verse number two, fellow soldier. This is a fellow soldier. You, you, know, what, you know what we're good at doing? It's my church, not yours. Back off. I'm, I'm, I, I, we're laughing. You know that's the truth. It's my class, not yours. I want it done my way, not yours. I'm going to vote against you. We don't, we, that's not, it's not supposed to be that way. Come on back, Scott. It's supposed to be this way. Because we got a whole lot bigger enemy than one another. Amen. Do you see the picture in the Bible? Yes, Fellow soldiers. We're, we're tied together fighting the same enemy. Fellow laborers. We're tied together working the same work, not our own individual thing. But there's so many people that are just isolationists and individualists. And look, we're independent Baptists, but you know what? We're too independent in some areas. I said that. You need to be a fellow soldier. Aren't they one of the things, Scott? <clears throat> have a seat up here with me. That last one, verse 23, you see what the Bible says? Fellow prisoner. First, have a seat right there with me. Yeah, just right on the edge. All right. Now, so if I put some handcuffs on our legs, are you going to be okay with that? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Paul and Silas, their feet were bound fast in the stocks together. Nowhere to go. Backs bleeding, cast into the inner prison, the Bible says. And at midnight, at midnight, they prayed and sang praises. Amen. Because they're locked in together. They're fellow prisoners. Do you know we experienced just a little taste of that right here tonight? Do you think that the gays have a big burden to carry if they've got a birthday coming up in two days? How many of you think that's just huge? Well, they're not just some missionary from some other board. They're our missionaries. Their burden becomes our burden. Their sorrow becomes our sorrow. And I don't know, I entered into that tonight. My heart goes out to somebody that lost two children on the mission field. And what I'm saying is that the Bible says that we're fellow prisoners. Paul, Paul, he mentions that about two other times, two other people he names to be fellow prisoners. In other words, they are locked in together. They are, they are in bonds together. Amen. You know, the Bible says when one member rejoices, all the members are supposed to rejoice. Amen. And when one member suffers, all the members suffer. This is the picture. The picture is not, <clears throat> I see you. No, I, 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 you're, 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 in, you're in prison. You're in my, hey. Hope you have a good night. God bless you. Be warmed and filled. God's good. I'm going to go get something to eat. No, I can't bring you anything back. You didn't fight with me, Scott. I'm never going to bring you anything back. And here's what we do. Here's what, here's what we do. Oh, I'm so sorry. I got, I got stuff I got to go do.
You know, we have all kinds of things to remind us. We have sheets to remind us. We have prayer. We have prayer lists to remind us. We, we try to do something to provoke our memory that it's not your problem. Oh, I, I'm sorry to hear about your son that's out in the world. I'm sorry to hear about your daughter that's out in the world. I'm, so, I'm sorry to hear about those things. It shouldn't be that way. It should be, they, they are our people. They are our burdens. Do you know if we step that direction, it would be a remarkable thing at Tabernacle Baptist Church to bear one another's burdens together. Listen, how many of you think that probably right here in the building tonight, don't raise your hand, how many of you think that tonight, right in the building tonight, there are probably some people here that have unbelievable large burdens besides the gay family? Huge. Huge. I mean, if you spent five minutes praying with them, if you asked them right now, hey, what's at the top of your prayer list? Boy, that would be something so heavy, so large. There would be other people that would rejoice. If Miss Sandy was here tonight, she has been rejoicing over that court case. I think we ought to rejoice with her. Fellow prisoners. So the church that is in thy house, fellow servant, fellow laborer, fellow prisoner. We're fellows together. It's our church. Thank you, Scott. Here's to make sure all the kids know we love each other here. Just yeah, amen. God bless you. Amen. Love you, guys. Love you, too. I can't believe you let that boy take that thing like that. <laughs> now, the last thing, I, I want you to look, look at it. Look in your Bible. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. Just look at it and underline it. Verse number one. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, what's that next word? You see that word? It's not Timothy, my brother, or Timothy, your brother, or Timothy, my teacher. It's Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, look at it, our dearly beloved. Do you see that? In other words, the word our is used twice in the very first verse and it's used about Philemon. Now, I'm going to say something. I'm not aiming at anybody. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to take and correct a prop. But I am to tell you what I know is true. There are so many ways that society equals itself out. That people are grouped according to different things. For instance, there are people that are grouped according to their economic status. How much money you make depends on which subdivision you live in, what kind of car you drive. And then there are other people, they are associated by the clothes that they wear. If you wear a certain kind of clothing, then you have an association with somebody else. Uh, goth is one of those examples, all right? Wearing all black, taking in and, 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 and making yourself to look gothic, all right? That is, so they're identified that way. Or then other people are identified by their intellect, how smart they are. We have people here that have earned doctorates. I'm glad they're here. We have people here, like me, that we're just the curl on the tail of the pig, as Lester Roloff said. Honorary doctorate, just something somebody's given. All right, so people are categorized that way. Sometimes they're categorized by their personality or by the way they look. Let, let me tell you what I think is wrong for a church to be. It is wrong for a church to say, these are my friends because they act like me, they look like me, they're as smart as I am, or they're as, they're as popular as I am, or they're, they're, they're as cool as I am, or they dress the way I dress. Hey, it should not be that way. It shouldn't be these are my, it should be these are our people. Stop making that division. 
Yeah, but you don't, you're not one of the in crowd. What is that? I don't want to be an in crowd. I don't want to be an out crowd. I want to be on the center crowd. I want to be where the Lord is. And I don't want to be for his people, all of them. Well, he's my, he's my, my, my best friend. I think you ought to have a church full of friends. You know why? Because they're our people. They're our people. Philemon was a wealthy man, but he says, our dearly beloved. Again, Timothy was a, 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 a really from a, from a mixed marriage. His mother is a Jewish that believes his dad is a Greek that is probably lost, a lost man and a believing Jew. Boy, you're talking about all kind of things messed up ethnically. Listen, it is not that, and I know I've said this in the past, it's not about folks being from where we're from. I'm glad, listen, I, I married a South Carolina girl. I got a South Carolina address. I've got a Southern accent. I love the South. I, I like grits. I do. I, I like biscuits with butter on it. I do. I don't like cornbread. That's right. Hey, you, you, get, you, you get the choice. But I'm saying, I love the South, but I, I, should never, I should never make somebody like Tracy and Jeff Grand feel like that they're not part of this church because they're from New York. That's wrong. That's wrong. It should never be that somebody like Adriana or Manuel or Malik or anybody that is of a different, uh, if you want to call it race, whatever you want, because they are different than I am, they should never be made to feel like you don't fit here. Hey, Jesus died for all men. And Timothy, Timothy is our brother. I'm telling you right now, listen, these are our people. The Cotapagos are our people. And if you would talk otherwise, then you have got the wrong idea about the church. Timothy, our brother. Philemon, our dearly beloved. Look at the next verse. The next verse says, to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier. Now, I, I can't prove this. this. This is what people that are smarter than I would tell you that that They'll tell you that Aphia is Philemon's wife. I don't know if that's true. And they'll say that Archippus is his son. I don't know if that's true either. But I will say this. If that is true, the word beloved is used of Aphia. The word beloved is used for Philemon. So I'm going to at least step there. Perhaps it is husband and wife. There, there are some people that say there is support for that. But you know, it doesn't say, and to your beloved Aphia. If we're not careful, so many times it's about my family, my children. I think we ought to be invested in every child at Tabernacle Baptist Church. We are the church. It is a church full of families. Now, that doesn't mean that your wife is my wife. No, it's our family. Our family. Doesn't mean your children are our children in that regard. It is out there, our children collectively together because we're part of the same body. But we should, listen, I'm oh, God help me. We should not prefer people because of who they are, and especially when it comes to their children, their wives, or their husbands. I do not want my children to receive some kind of preferred treatment or status because they're the pastor's children. Any more than I want Brother Scott's, Brother Dave, anybody else. Listen, our children are our children. Now, y'all aren't saying amen on that, but I believe that's exactly right. 
I believe there have been so many mistakes made by entitlement to somebody because of the position of their mother or the position of their daddy. You know what? It should be our children. If my children need correcting and our children need correcting, you help yourself. No amens on that one. You're not going to correct mine, preacher, and that's the problem in many churches. Nobody can say anything to my child because my child would never do that. It's the wrong view. It's the wrong view. It's the wrong view. Um, I need to finish. Verse 3, grace to you and peace from God. Boy, don't you like the next two words? Can we try that again? Verse 3, grace to you and peace from God, our Father. Look at verse 25. The grace of, can you say the next four words? Our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, nobody has a corner on God or on Jesus. Aren't, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that we all have the same Father? And that same Father loves us equally. We have the same amount of resources in him. He is our father. Oh, what good ground that is. You say, well, I came from this background and I'm this. Or whatever you were physically with your first birth is one thing. But I know on the other side, your spiritual birth, I know who your father is. We have the same father and we have the same Lord Jesus Christ, which means we have the same grace. Well, God gives him more grace. Oh, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. We have the same grace. We have the same peace. We have the same comfort. You know why? We got the same Savior. Amen. Our Savior. That's why I'm telling you tonight, our church, not your church, not my church, not my position, not your position, our position. Fellow soldiers, fellow laborers, fellow prisoners, the church that is in thy house, one body, not body parts. And it is our church. Oh, if we could live like that, I believe we would have a sweet fellowship here that would be unmatched in so many ways. We'd be so less concerned about not getting our way or things being the way we wanted it, instead trying to be benevolent to somebody else. I think we've got a great church, and I think there are many people that look at it that way. But God gives an example in the book of Philemon. That tie that binds is our church.